This episode of the Disney Film Project podcast is brought to you by touringplans.com. It is the one-stop shop on the internet for figuring out how you are going to plan your Disney vacation, Disneyland or Disney World, it doesn't matter. Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, you want to figure out how to get there and not wait in line? This is how you do it, touringplans.com. Disneyland, you're trying to figure out how to get out there and how to navigate all the cool new stuff like Cars Land and Buena Vista Street and all that great stuff without having to wait in line? Touringplans.com. You can optimize your touring plans, check the crowd calendar, do all kinds of great stuff. Make sure you check that out over at touringplans.com. They're the sponsor of this week's episode of the Disney Film Project Podcast. Welcome again, everybody, to the Disney Film Project Podcast. This is the show where we talk about the films of the Walt Disney Company. Marvel, Pixar, Lucasfilm, Disney Toon Studios, Touchstone, Hollywood Pictures, all of it we talked about here on this program and over at DisneyFilmProject.com. I'm Ryan Patrick, host of the program, and along with the folks you're about to meet, we run DisneyFilmProject.com, where you can find great content from all the way back over the Disney shorts of the 1920s through today's Blu-ray and DVD reviews, as well as show notes for this very show, the one you're listening to right now. I guarantee you when you go over there, there'll be show notes for the show. Guaranteed. <laughs> so go and check that out over at DisneyFilmProject.com. Uh, joining me as always, we have our fine film experts. The people who bring the knowledge uh, while I bring the noise. And joining us is Mr. Todd Perlmutter, who has often been accused of being an anthropomorphic vehicle, uh, but he is in fact not. That was my transformer changing noise. I thought that was your Pete's Dragon impression. <laughs> uh, and from all sites on the interwebs, uh, things that end in .com, .net, .org, uh, I'm sure she'll get to .tv eventually. It's Miss Rachel Coles. Hello. Um, I just wanted to thank listeners who had checked out um, some of my recent pieces over on Uproxx, um, including the Big Tomorrowland piece that I put together and another one about Phineas and Ferb. So um, if you haven't seen those already, uh, definitely check them out and share them if you like them. And, of course, our fine producer, the person who will uh, make things happen around here, keep us on schedule, all those sorts of things, is Miss Cheryl Perlmutter. How are you, Cheryl? Good. I think I turned, like, a four-hour podcast into two hours. I don't even know how long, how long that was. My roommate yes. was like, man, you're taking a while to edit this. I'm just like, that's what I do. Yep. You, uh, you turn our ramblings into some semblance of coherence. That's, that's what you do. All right. So in this summer of blockbusters and sequels and remakes and, you know, intellectual property and such, we figured we would get into Disney's big, you know, sequels and big movies that they've made. And really, what other place was there to start when, when you talk about Disney and, and you know, franchises – then Herbie, and Herbie rides again. It's the original Disney franchise. It is. It, it wasn't. It wasn't their first sequel, I don't think, but uh, probably the one that's been the longest lasting is the Herbie franchise, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, because he's still mentioned the parks as we as as we speak. That's right. Every yeah. day over at Lights and Rose Action, he he splits he splits apart. And more than forty years of film history. Yep. Until yep. he disappears from Lights, Motors, Action, which we are all waiting <laughs> to see. <laughs> uh, yes, so we, we did The Love Bug, and we've talked about Herbie Fully Loaded. Uh, but we ha there were three sequels in between, and so eventually we were going to have to watch them and come back. And we start with Herbie Rides Again, the 1974 film starring Helen Hayes, Ken Berry, Stephanie Powers, and Keenan Wynn. And yes, that's a star-studded lineup, folks. And we have one more person that I'd like to mention. Yes. Chuck McGann, who is um, Liz too. Garden. But Ryan, he's, he should be your favorite, because he was on DuckTales. Woo! <laughs> and he was on Tailspin. And he was also um, on the, both animated, he's animated for the Iron Man series and the Fantastic Four series. So he's an Avengers connection. Oh, yep. there you go. 
So, so, so I would know his voice more so than his acting ability. Yeah, yes. Gotcha. But yes, the, so Herbie Rides Again comes out six years after The Love Bug, the original film with Dean Jones and Buddy Hackett and, and all that sort of wonderful craziness, uh, and stars none of the same people who were in the original film, and yet it's a sequel. It, this, this is so, like, Disney was so ahead of its time. It's a reboot sequel thing. Well, it starts Herbie. I, I know. <laughs> it's not even the original Herbie, though. Like, this is a new Herbie. I mean, it's yeah. the same Herbie character, but, like, it's not the same car. This is true. But that's because they had issues keeping the cars around. Yes. I mean, they, w- they went through a number of... The, the whole thing, like, a lot of people complain because... So, the original Herbie, right, is supposed to be a pearl-white 1963 ragtop Volkswagen L87. Right? Mm-hmm. Yes, I did my research. See that? Of course it is. Okay. With California license plate OFP857, right? Because that was the one consistent thing for him throughout the movie. But um, for whatever reason, they didn't only use 1963 Beatles in this movie? No. <laughs> yes, because of the Beatle attack. No, no. I mean, just like the Herbies. Like, oh, Herbie okay. is not a consistent model year throughout the entire movie. Yeah. It's a shame. Uh, yeah, but and despite that, Herbie is probably the most consistent character in the whole movie. <laughs> probably, yes. Yeah. Uh, this is a Disney movie of like 1974 and this and you know that era, and it's exactly like what you would expect from some of the other Disney movies of the 70s that we've talked about. In that they basically built a movie about around a bunch of gags. <laughs> Uh, most of them involving Herbie. And they kind of figured out how to shoehorn in some people in there and loosely patch together a plot. Uh, they even recycled yeah. a villain. Yeah. <laughs> True. The, uh, the, the dude, the, uh, Alonzo Hawk, is actually the same character from the Flubber movies. And and for all intents and purposes, he's the same character from like Snowball Express, uh, the Shaggy DA. You know, like it's it's all the same guy. It's Keenan Wynn is the actor, but he played this role, this like villainous banker development guy in like you said the Flubber movies, and then Shaggy DA. He was John Slade. He was basically the same guy. And then what was it? Uh, Ridgeway in Snowball Express. The it banker. sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it's the same guy. I, I mean, my theory is that Disney, again, being ahead of their time, was developing the, uh, the Dean Jones cinematic universe. <laughs> <laughs> and mysteriously, Dean Jones is missing from this movie. Right, but, I mean, characters are, are carrying over from other movies. Oh, Same. true. I, the, oh, I see what you're getting at. So I mean, Alonzo Hawk. Yeah. Alonzo Hawk was in Snowball Express under an assumed name because of something that happened off screen. I'm sure there's a comic book tie-in that explained it. I wonder if somebody's written <laughs> one of those big, long internet things connecting all the Dean Jones movies. I'm oh just saying. Gosh. Just like the, uh, the, the connecting the Pixar movies? Exactly. That's exactly what I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> if, if not, that's something I think we're going to have to write. But anyway. Dean Jones uh, fan fiction. <laughs> someone has to do it and quite honestly no one else is going to would be my <laughs> my guess <laughs> but I mean if you think about it he is connected to Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo so there's a whole thread there oh Monte Carlo he's connected to the Pixar universe <laughs> there you go there you go alright but yeah so the basic plot of this is that Alonzo Hawk uh, the Keenan Wynn character is going to build this massive new shopping center entertainment complex thing of which looks like a giant H which seems very unstable to me I don't know what you guys thought about that but it, just looking at the picture and the model it looked very unstable well it never got built so we'll never know it's true uh, and yeah. I do look I do love that they have the uh, the firehouse just kind of hidden under there. Yes. Yeah, well, that's the whole thing. Is like the, op- the opening credits is like basically, what, five minutes of him demolishing things? Yes, a, a blowing up the building's yeah. montage. Yeah. To Which, orchestral music. 
Yeah, which seems odd when you consider this is supposed to be like a fun, family-friendly movie, and everybody's going like, oh, I wonder what's happened to Dean Jones and Herbie and Buddy Hackett, and the first thing you see is Keenan Wynn gleefully blowing things up. You know, almost hitting someone. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's very bad driving cam. <laughs> yeah. And then, like Rachel said, they flash over to him unveiling his new ta- the model of his new tower, uh, and he takes the sheet off and explains it to everybody. But unfortunately, over in the corner, there's this tiny little farm uh, firehouse that they actually put on the model, which I thought was like that's dedication to your craft, Mister Model Maker. <laughs> <laughs> like I could see just like a big X, like hey, we haven't cleared this spot or something. But no, 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 they put the actual firehouse there. Yeah. It was a good model. It was. Maybe they ju- maybe they just allotted like a pretty big budget for their models, and they were like, "Well, we have some money left. You know, might as well actually make the firehouse." <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a nice firehouse. Uh, and so the story comes out that there's an old lady who lives in the firehouse who refuses to sell, and she's not going to give up her uh, her land or any of that for uh, for Hawk to build his shopping center. And all the lawyers have tried to talk her into it, and she hasn't refused, and, you know, it's just not going very well. When all of a sudden his nephew shows up. Um, His nephew, Willoughby Whitfield, who is Ken Berry's character. Now, I don't know know that I've seen a lot of Ken Berry other than this in Mama's Family. Uh, F Troop. I haven't seen it. Oh, okay. He was also, um, there was a... A spinoff show from um, the Andy Griffith show. Oh, uh, yes, 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 yes. Right? Though he's the main character on that show, so. Yeah. Um, but what I was going to say is I haven't seen a lot of him, but what I have seen I don't like. <laughs> yeah, because we saw him in the Cavamaro space. Oh, that's true. I didn't like him there either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or that movie. Yeah, or that movie, yeah. He's a very <laughs> milk toast character. That's what he's specialty is is playing milk toast but there's milk toast and then there's milk toast to the point of being uninteresting well sure there you go and and that's kind of what willoughby is um but yeah so hawk convinces willoughby to go and try and talk to the old lady and so that's how we get introduced to helen hayes character which is grandma steinmetz uh helen hayes if you recall was the grandmother in candle shoe which i believe we all kind of liked right yes Yes. And she's probably the best character in this as well. Um, oh, easily. I mean, yeah. she's basically playing the feisty old lady. Right. Yeah. Which is yeah. an archetype, but she does it so well that it, I don't really mind that. Yeah, she's also in uh, one of our dinosaurs missing. She's the lady. Those are her three Disney movies. Oh. This, this and those two. Oh. She was great in that too. And that was a bad movie. I know. Yeah, Helen Hayes is the standout here, though, because she just – what I love is that – so basically the movie is very, very silly. Um, and even the premise, like that, the whole save the farm trope thing premise is, is whatever, right? Like that's, a, that's just the setup for Herbie to do crazy stuff. But oh, yeah. rather than them just go, oh, yeah, we have this car who's living and like in the other Herbie movies, like in Fully Loaded and I believe in Bananas – uh, they go through the whole rigmarole of, you know, figuring out what the car, like the, the, the new people figuring out what the car actually is. Oh, yeah, and she knows. And she just knows. And not only does she know about Herbie, she has a trolley car and an orchestron that does the same thing that are both alive. And she's just like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> like, just be cool with it, Willoughby. It's all good, man. So she's she like a hippie. She the painting of the captain. Yes, her her former husband, uh, Captain Steinmetz, the fire captain who who lived in the firehouse, and basically the reason why she's Steinmetz is she is the uh, aunt of Buddy Hackett's character, Tennessee Steinmetz, who he t- she tells Willoughby when he first shows up that Tennessee has gone off to Tibet to visit his guru, and then we also get explained that uh, Jim Douglas, the former owner of Herbie, has gone to Europe, although. What I did find odd, because I used to have the box set that had all of the Herbie movies, is that that in no way connects to Herbie Goes to Monte Carlo. You would think that would be a segue and it would connect, but it doesn't. Well, because isn't 
one of them is like the reviving of his racing career, right? Herbie's racing career. Yeah. When I say him. Right. Right. And at this point, he's gone off to join the foreign racing circuit. So it's why did he take Herbie with him? I didn't really understand. Because they couldn't afford to pay Dean Jones because they were busy yep. building out the Dean Jones cinematic universe. <laughs> they couldn't afford the import costs like 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 um, Johnny Depp got in trouble for importing his dogs. I'm not buying the words afford to pay Dean Jones. No, I- look, <laughs> look I, I view Dean Jones in this instance as like Chris Tucker in the Rush Hour movies, which I know is not for our appropriate for all of our audience, but that guy only works in those movies and he gets paid $20 million every time he does them. I, if I were Dean Jones, I would have demanded something similar to come back for, for the Herbie movies. And it seems like that probably worked considering that after this one, he was back. (laughs) Oh, so, so you would say that this is closer to something like the fast and the furious where it's like, like they're kind of out of order when they were released. It might be. (laughs) Yeah, you're going to have to explain to me offline because I did hear something about an optimum watching order for the Fast and the Furious movies that I didn't quite yes. understand. Oh, yeah. Yep. No, this is ser- it's, there's serious continuity in those movies, but that's a whole other thing. <laughs> now, if Herbie goes into one of those movies, then you got some. And so Willoughby, of course, gets introduced to all of this craziness that, you know, there's the, the car that supposedly is alive and the, you know, the jukebox. It's called an orchestron in, in all the notes I saw. Yes. I don't know what that actually is. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's it's basically a jukebox. Okay, there we go. <laughs> and then the trolley car and all this. And uh, right about the time he is, uh, you know, he's explaining his his thing about Alonzo Hawk and wanting to tear down everything and all this to uh, Miss Steinmetz is when Stephanie Powers' character comes home, who is uh, Nicole Harris, who apparently her apartment building has been knocked down by Mr. Hawk and she had no place to go, so she moved in with Grandma. I was confused by that because they didn't say the grandma thing until several scenes later. And then I was like, did the writer forget what his character was supposed to be? I don't think they cared. <laughs> like, I, I think, I, like, honestly, I really think they put this together. They, they said, okay, we know we got the car. We know we need a guy and a girl to fall in love because it's the love bug. Uh, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense for the girl to have the car, so and she probably wouldn't be wanting to save the farm. So let's throw an old lady in there. Helen Hayes sounds good, and uh, we need a bad guy. Um, who did we use in that other movie? Keenan Wynn. Okay, great. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and really, we're not joking, folks. There's like five characters in the whole movie because everyone else in the movie is funny, except perhaps for Mr. Judson, the drunk dude. Yeah. Well, and like. You can pretty much, from what the setup we just gave you, you could probably write out the rest of the movie, like not having seen it, and be pretty close to correct, wouldn't you guys say? Um, I would. I would actually disagree with that because never would I have guessed there is chicken jousting in this movie. <laughs> fair, <laughs> definitely fair, and apparently, like, really strong fan base for chicken jousting. <laughs> Yeah, with costumes and everything. <laughs> I, at first, I thought they were at a rent fair. Yes, that's what I thought, too. <laughs> it, it, it's so out of place, folks, that like when I saw it, and I had not seen this movie in a very long time, my childhood memories told me that this Renaissance fair scene had, was not part of a Herbie movie. Like, it was just some other movie in my head. Yeah. Well, because what happens is, uh, you know, uh, Stephanie Powers' character, what's her name, Nicole says, you know, get in the car, Willoughby, and you don't believe that Herbie's alive. And he's like, no. And they go on a little drive, and she's driving, and Herbie takes over, and he doesn't believe it. And then, of course, he asks to switch, and then Herbie takes over, takes them to this chicken jousting, which is basically two cars driving at each other very fast until one of them swerves off. Yeah, it's Um, basically from Footloose. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And Herbie, you know, gets Willoughby into this, locks him in the car for chicken jousting with the Red Knight, um, and there's a very rabid uh, fan base, like you said, Todd. Yeah, no, Herbie perfectly makes this point. But apparently this whole scenario, rather than convincing Willoughby that he needed to avoid these loony people at all costs, which is what I would have taken away from that, it convinces him that he needs to call his uncle and tell his uncle, no, no, leave them alone, and then he's going to flee the country. 
Well, before that, we have the scene with the lobster where she, she like, takes him, like, no, he takes her out for dinner. Right. And um, and she smacks him with the lobster, and he just goes flying off the dock. Well, he's milk toast. He's not very heavy. <laughs> yeah, and, and there's such a weird line in here. She says, like, he apologizes to her, and she says, oh, no, I can't stand men who apologize. <laughs> Don't forget that we also get the I was a famous racing car montage. Yeah. <laughs> yes. We get Herbie's dream, which is literally just reused footage from the first movie. Basically, yes. Not basically. It is. Well, okay. If, you, if people think back to the first movie, in the first movie, there is an I was once upon a time a famous racing car montage that her, about Herbie, right? Because they yes. find Herbie in a junkyard, right? Originally. Mm-hmm. And now he's... Ha- so not only is it a, re- a reuse of scenes from the movie also interspersed as a reuse of the montage from the original movie inside this montage. Correct. Yep. They double dip, don't they? Which is not as bad as double dipping a chip, but it's pretty bad. <laughs> and so, yeah, Willoughby decides he's going to go back home. I, he's not going to leave the country. He's going home to Missouri. And he's wearing a very fake beard and a fake mustache. And he's telling his mother that he is leaving when uh, Nicole walks up and, you know, stops him. Because apparently they are in love, even though the majority of the time they have spent together to this point has been her trying to get him killed. Either by drowning him or by locking him in Herbie and smashing him into another car. The first time they meet, she, like, sucker punches him. Like, (laughs) yeah, she just slugs him. Like... I don't understand what he sees in her. <laughs> this woman wants to do him physical harm, and he's like, I love you. She's the butter to his milk toast. Yes, except for the fact that she's actually wielding the knife with the butter, and it's piercing right through him most of the time. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. But yeah, they, it, so Willoughby goes over to the good guy's side. Meanwhile, since he has told off Alonzo Hawk. Hawk decides that he is going to go and hotwire the car himself and steal the little car that, you know, that grandma takes around. And so he tries to do this to Herbie with predictable results. Herbie takes over and, like, throws him around town and everything. Uh, Now, this was the weird part to me, right? So Hawk gets in the car, drives him around town, throws him out of the car. The lawyers start chasing the car. Right, they start chasing Herbie. Presumably, well, in, in a later like, in a later scene, not right away. Are you sure though? Because it feels like he gets thrown out of the car. The lawyers start chasing the car. As soon as he's thrown out of the car, he looks yep. up at them and goes, "Get after that car!" Well, no, yeah, he 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 has the whole thing where at first he has the whole problem with the cops. Right, his problem oh, yeah, number yeah, yeah, one yeah, with yeah, the yeah, cops. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because Herbie won't move, and yeah. Right, and then Herbie drops him off, right? And they and the cops throw citations at him. And then it's later on that they're just tailing randomly Herbie through town. But I thought, like, Herbie, like, literally throws him out the door. Yeah, yeah. Herbie knocks him out the door, and then the cop shows up and hands him the stack of citations. But doesn't he tell the lawyers at that point to go chase the car? Not then. He tells them uh, he has a conversation with them to do it later on, but they do it when... Not when Herbie's by himself, but later on when he's taking Mrs. S to the oh, oh, for market. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I, I knew that. I knew that. Okay. I, thought, I thought for some reason... Well, yeah, it's, no. not, it's not a back-to-back thing is what I was saying. It's like a different time period. See, it, feel, it felt back-to-back to me. This is part of the problem with the movie. Is it's, yep. like, mm-hmm. it's so, like, like you were saying earlier, it's not cut well together. No, it's terribly cut. That's, <laughs> what, that's what the fundamental problem with it is. is I don't think it's actually... I don't think for the, for the time period, the type of movies that they made back then, it's actually a terrible story. It's actually better than some of the stories that they did tell back then. Oh, but yeah, it's just whoever edited this thing together really ruined it almost. Yeah, because that's what I was going to say is it feels like they start chasing the car because he drops him off at Hawk's office. And he says, like, go get the car. I thought he said, go get the car to the lawyers. But yeah. like, they, it feels like they start chasing the car. Meanwhile, Herbie is back at home and grandma gets in to go to the market and they're still chasing him like from miles and miles away. 
they have followed him to the to the house and then they then they follow him like herbie takes her on this wild ride through town uh up the golden gate bridge which she doesn't and like the lawyers are walking up the golden gate bridge yeah and and there's like a shot in the office and he's like talking to his secretary and she points out the window is like screaming and then it cuts away to like out at the bridge and it makes no sense because how could she see the car all the way from that window? Right, they're like, miles from the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's true. Also, why would it scare her? I know there's people climbing on the bridge. So what? <laughs> it could be repairmen from the view that she's got. Right. Yep. Also, we forgot that there's this chase scene through the lobby of a hotel. Yeah, I was going to yes. say, it goes through the through the hotel, like, during high tea or something, or yeah. lunch or something like that, yeah. The hotel was really what it said it was in the movie. It was really done at the Sheridan Pl- Palace Hotel. That's in, It's still in San Francisco today, mm-hmm. by the way. And it was really, they drove the Kirby through the, um, through the dining room like that. What they had to do, though, is they had to make a special version of Herbie that ran completely on battery power, which wasn't hard in a Volkswagen Beetle back then. Um, See, some of them, Disney was ahead of its time. Right. And, and right, battery powered, and they had to make sure it was completely 100% drip proof so that it didn't get anything on the rug. See? Yeah. So, and then what they did, so they filmed it, and then the diners who were in the front, the foreground, are actually all blue screened in. Very that complicated. That's their entire CGI budget right there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's, there is a lot of matte painting in this movie, which I didn't expect to see. Like, a lot of the stuff, like, if you look at the um, the farmhouse, or the, I keep saying the farmhouse because it's a save the farm trope, <laughs> but the firehouse. <laughs> if you look behind the firehouse, like, everything is, is a matte painting around it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the firehouse was built on a set. That's, that's probably the fundamental of it. Yeah, oh yeah, I would assume so. Willoughby and Nicole end up uh, going back to the to the house after uh, you know this this whole shenanigans and everything, and and again this is a tricky cut for me because it's like they had the whole uh, thing with them at the airport, and then they go out again right for broccoli for broccoli yeah. she sends them out to go get broccoli, uh, and, and meanwhile she, and, she, and she tells Herbie to like step in she's like well i can't convince them to go out on a date so maybe you can do something about it right she's trying to set them up grandma is right uh but when they come back with the broccoli uh i don't know how this happened but alonzo hawk apparently forced his way into the into the firehouse and stole all of her furniture very neatly (laughs) i might add yep he didn't break anything nothing. didn't damage anything no no dust no nothing um, I don't know if she was there, if grandma was like out in the back having a few pops. I like, I don't know what was going on. Yeah, that was unclear. Also, why did he steal? Like he also stole the jukebox and the trolley car, which those things didn't make any sense. No. Nope. Right. And what, <laughs> why was he keeping it? Yeah. They're like Alonzo Hawk. Let, let's put it this way. Not the best villain planner. <laughs> he just nope. stole the stuff because he was like, maybe this will convince her to sell me the property. I'm not sure that it's it's like the old underpants gnome theory. Yep. <laughs> underpants gnome. If you've ever seen that, it's like, you know, the underpants gnomes, step one, steal underpants. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. That's sort of <laughs> that's sort of the uh, the circle that Alonzo Hawk takes. Yeah. Maybe he's thinking he's like, if she doesn't have any chairs or anywhere to sit then she can't stay there. <laughs> right. Also, to, as an example of how horribly cut this story is, okay, is the next scene, they're like, okay, let's get our stuff back, and they mysteriously show up at his warehouse. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, like in, in two seconds, they're like, okay, we're here. <laughs> how did you know where it was? <laughs> it's just weird. Well, and then the worst part is, you know, so they break into the warehouse. They find their stuff uh, is all piled on the, the trolley car, number 22. Uh, conveniently. And, yeah, very conveniently for what happens afterwards. And so Herbie is trying to help them get it, you know, help them get it from the guards. So he, like, drives up a ramp and knocks stuff over. It is so clearly like a Hot Wheels Herbie. <laughs> 
Like, it's not even... Like, I was just waiting for the little finger on top of that miniature car that they forgot to edit out. Also, why were there loose couches and easy chairs on the very top of this? Yeah, like like five stories up. <laughs> it just didn't make any sense. And why is there a ramp big enough to drive a car up? I guess for forklifts and stuff? Perhaps. I guess that's how they had to get it up there, right? Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, so they, they managed to escape with number 22 with Herbie pushing the trolley car. Uh, and what's my favorite relationship in the entire movie is the guy that you mentioned earlier, the drunk Judson, who's this yes. Texan who jumps onto the trolley car thinking it's just a regular old trolley car while Mrs. Steinmetz is sitting there knitting, which she does a lot in this movie. <laughs> well, I think they're like, they had this thing going on in Disney movies back then where like the old lady was completely oblivious to the reality of the situation. Well, Helen Hayes does that perfectly. Yes. <laughs> but you know, like I'm thinking of uh, the lady in Harry the Tiger in the other movie, oh, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Good point. So. All right. And so, yeah, the, there's a big chase scene through the streets as, uh, you know, the, the trolley car gets loose. When they get up to the top of the hill and all of a sudden Mr. Hawk's security forces are following them. And the trolley car ends up, you know, just going through the streets of San Francisco on the trolley line, yeah, which apparently his... conveniently goes back to the firehouse. Yeah. He just kind of unties Herbie from the car and just... Yeah, Herbie, like, starts going after, like, the other cars and distracting them. And the- Well, he was going to tie Herbie to the trolley to pull right. it oh, instead of pulling okay. it. He was pushing it uphill, and yes. then it just took off. But, yes. but the best thing is, did you notice what Herbie does? He plays Snake with them. Right? He gets all the, car, all the cars to line up behind him, and then he makes them cross the stream as he jumps over, and they all crash up. Yep. He does. That's a good point. Well, isn't this the part with the car crash and, like, the pretzel, like, vendor? Am I, am I remembering that correctly? I think you're correct, yes. Where he knocks over the, guy, knocks over the pretzel stand, there's pretzels everywhere yes. on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I think this okay. is this, that, that's this part. <laughs> there's so many chase scenes in this movie. <laughs> yeah, and then, well, and then Herbie has to come and, like, rescue them before the trolley car crashes. Yes. And, and again, the best part is like Judson and Grandma, neither one like blink. Judson just gets off and says, "You know, evening, ma'am. When you know, see you later." That kind of thing. Yeah. Well, it's actually not Herbie that saves it. It's actually Herbie and Willoughby who save it. Okay. Well, right. Because he jumps and he pulls the brake. All right. Well, I'll give Willoughby some credit. It's like the only heroic thing he does in the whole movie. Man of action, <laughs> Willoughby. Let's not go that far. <laughs> I also like. One of my favorite gags throughout the whole movie is the orchestra on there, the jukebox. It constantly plays like music to the moment, and I yes. think that's a good. I think that's actually a really good gag. Yeah, the jukebox is actually a well-developed character. Second best character in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> actually third if you're counting Herbie. So yeah. And so then, like again, like all this stuff has failed. So then Hawk has to figure out something else to do. Uh, Mrs. Steinmetz is all upset, so she decides, you know, Nicole goes off, and Mrs. Steinmetz decides that she's going to go confront Alonzo Hawk and take care of this. And so basically she gets in Herbie, Willoughby goes along, and long story short, they end up on the window washing platform and drive up into the office of Alonzo Hawk on the 554th floor or whatever it is. Yeah. Because the window washer had left the window open. Because he had been yelled at by by Mr. Hawk. (laughs) Yeah. And so they drive into the office and set off all the window washing stuff. So, like, if for me, and I don't know about, I imagine, Todd, you were the only one who had seen this before. Uh, Maybe. I don't know if anyone else saw it before. Have you you guys seen this? I don't recall. No. No. This this was actually my first uh, Herbie sequel. Okay, yeah. So, if... If you'd seen this before, like, this is the thing you remember from the movie, at least for me. This was actually one of the first movies I ever saw in in a movie theater. Yeah. This is what I remember, is them with all the giant soap suds driving, chasing Keenan Wynn around his office, you know, in the, you know, huge bathtub, basically, because they fill up the room with soap suds. And this scene is actually funny in a way, because it's 
cleverly done, I thought. I agree. Okay. I mean, the whole, the whole thing of it going out on the ledge, that whole nine yards. Now, we should explain that the whole reason for them going in the room was she was just trying to spy on him, near as I understood. But what she actually got information is that he hires this dude named Lustgarden to go yes. tear down the firehouse. And yeah, she that's the narrative it. reason, right. Right, and that's the narrative reason. That's why she launches all the stuff at him. And then Herbie gets re- is the one who says, I'm going in, and he does. Yeah. It, question. Was he about to, like, send him careening off the rooftop? Because it kind of felt like it was going that direction. I was unclear what Herbie's plan was. How's that for me? <laughs> <laughs> we do know that at one point he has to threaten Herbie that he wasn't, he won't be invited to the wedding. Yes. Yes. I actually thought, like, seeing it, I don't remember, like, this a lot of the conversation was that kid, but like Ryan was saying, I remember all the visuals, but the thing that I didn't get was I thought she was about to tell, say that he's afraid of heights. You know, he just, you know, that I thought that was where they were going to go with it. And then the whole wedding thing was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of like narrative flow in the love story piece or in the what's anyone's plan portion of like, like there's no, <laughs> okay, I'm going to do this, then this is going to happen. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Like, at all. Yeah. Unfortunately. Uh, which is not to say it's not entertaining, like, because Herbie, I, I think Disney figured out pretty quickly that, like, Herbie chasing things around and doing, and, like, basically doing physical comedy with Herbie is usually pretty entertaining. Yeah, just, I mean that's yeah. like we were saying earlier. That's in the in the stud show at studios. That's his Herbie's entire thing is to come out and do some comedy. Yeah, and then go away. Exactly, which is what he does in all of his movies. Exactly. It just usually gonna... helps when he's racing or has some sort of uh, motivation. Yeah. Are we going to talk about the evil Herbie dream? <laughs> we're not there yet, but we can get there. We're like okay. literally just about there. So yes, yeah, that's what I thought. That's the next thing is right. So they got that piece of information that Luce Garten was the guy who's going to demolish the house. Um, and so Willoughby speaks as Keenan Wynn, which is very disturbing because <laughs> Keenan Wynn has a very unique voice and you, I, you can't imitate it without, I think, selling part of your soul to the devil. <laughs> <laughs> you may be right. <laughs> and so he calls the demolition guy and then tells him to demolish Hawk's house instead of the firehouse. Which, again, you know, he turns to the dark side of the force. But that's pretty cruel. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm, I'm sitting here watching this going, wow, they're going to knock down that guy's house with him in it. That's pretty that, – that's harsh, man. Yep, and everyone goes along with it. Everyone yeah. is in on this and is okay with it. <laughs> Yes. Well, he's knocked down her, her Nicole's apartment building. So, I mean, you know. Well, I'm assuming she wasn't in it at the time. <laughs> I'm assuming. So you think. They, they feel, it's true. They feel that they have a reason. That's fair enough. Fair enough. And so, yeah, they, they, they come up with this plan, and that's where what uh, Rachel was just talking about, which is, Alonzo Hawk is in bed and he's having a horrible time sleeping because he has been chased by Herbie twice now. Uh, and he starts counting sheep. Yes, he has to call his doctor. Yeah, yeah. his doctor has to teach him how to count sheep. Yeah. And the sheep slowly start having 53s written on them, which is creepy in and of itself. And then all of a sudden we have Herbies show up that have giant felt teeth. <laughs> yes. And then a reenactment of King Kong. Yes, and and also Herbie. the and also the Native American Herbies. That's right. They chop off his head with axes. Yes, <laughs> scalper Herbies. Yes. See, I don't know why they did not do like you know how they do cars merchandise with the little diecast characters from Cars. Yes. They should have done all the different versions of Herbies. They should have. <laughs> well, they still could. They still could. Well, considering that, um, the some of the planes merchandises at the. At the cast outlets, I don't think they'll be doing that. <laughs> I'm just saying, they are developing a Cars 3. If you put Herbie in Cars 3, the Dean Jones Cinematic Universe gets a lot bigger. Lightning McQueen meets Herbie. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I do agree with that. I do think that they need to somehow get the adults back into the car series. Because I think they're going to lose that if they don't. Yeah. Well, I don't know if they're going to make a Cars 3 or not. They said they are, yeah. but I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever see that, actually. But that's a whole other story. But, yeah, so the, the house starts getting knocked down. And you would think at this point, because what happens is the next morning, Hawk calls Miss Steinmetz and says, oh, no, I'm very sorry. It's okay. Da, 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 da. And I'm looking the newspaper. Yeah. I'm looking at the time on my – on the film and I'm like, Oh, there's like 10 minutes left. So they're going to deal with uh, Willoughby and uh, Nicole. And you know, that's the end of the, the Hawk plot. Now we're going to deal with the, with the romance because we haven't really had much of that yet. And in, and in indeed Willoughby and Nicole go for dinner and Mrs. Steinmetz has Judson over for dinner. Yep. Cause you know, yep. they hit it off on that trolley car, even though they didn't actually speak to each other. No, he spoke. Well, he did. Yeah, talk that mostly. But instead of that, Hawk shows up with all these Earth movers, and it's like the last 45 minutes of Avengers with Herbie's, with <laughs> bugs coming in from all over the place. Like, Herbie summons the Volkswagen Avengers the to come and... The Volkswagen Ultrons. Yes. Uh, to come and swarm and take on the Earth movers in, like, this giant action set piece. And I just, like, my mind exploded. <laughs> Attack of the Killer Herbies. Like I was, and I've seen this twice before, and I still wasn't expecting it. <laughs> you forgot the Killer Herbies. I I did because it's just like once he co- makes that phone call, and this happens to me every time I watch this movie. Once he makes that phone call, you go, okay, well then that's the end of the movie. Like now they're just going to wrap up the dangling plot threads and stuff. Oh no no no. Like, it's literally a siege on the firehouse with, like, Judson spraying water at people to get them to stop. And then, like, all the Volkswagens in San Francisco show up to destroy the Earth Movers. It's crazy. Yeah, really, though, just to go after Hawk. Because that's all they end up doing is chasing after Hawk. Yeah. And again, another merchandising opportunity missed, Disney. Could have made all these other Volkswagens. And Earth Movers, for that matter, for them to fight. Yeah, you could have had, like, a whole play set of this. This is what I'm saying. But yeah, so all the the Volkswagens chase off Alonzo Hawk. um, Which I have to say, like, Keenan Wynn plays the same character in every Disney movie that he's in, and in much of anything else that he's in. But he plays that character really well. (laughs) Like, he plays that guy just right. Like, that guy, other people play that character as Keenan Wynn. His facial expressions are really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like when you see the generic bad guy banker dude these days, you're seeing somebody do a riff on what he did. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's one character, but like he, he did it. He did it right. Uh, But yeah, he gets chased off and then we have the, he gets arrested, arrested and, then we, we cut forward to Nicole and Willoughby getting married, uh, riding. This is the other thing I always remember from this movie is they're riding through the top. They're like sticking out the top of Herbie because remember, Herbie's got a little like sunroof thing. Uh, and the other Volkswagens have formed like a tunnel for them to ride through. And I don't know how they did that. It's, it's an honor guard of Beatles. But how do they get up in that V? Well, it, Herbie does a wheelie early in the movie, thus proving that they can all do it. And why don't those cars have to go back to their owners? They do later. They were invited to the wedding. <laughs> and, and at first, when they drive out of they like they literally drive Herbie like out of the house. I'm like, wait, who married them? Did Herbie marry them? And then I saw the the priest in the corner. But I was wondering <laughs> if Herbie had religious sacrament powers. Herbie that got, would be Herbie amazing. got united by the online church of somebody or yeah. other. <laughs> that's actually the next Herbie movie I was going to say Herbie Gets Ordained was the sequel <laughs> it's a very quiet very quiet introspective movie of Herbie like on a bunk just reading you know mm-hmm. they didn't think it would sell as well 
But yeah, that's the whole movie. Um, there's not a lot to it. Like, not a lot happens in the movie because it's mainly, like Rachel said, it's mainly a lot of chase scenes and a lot of Herbie driving around, which I have to say, like, you give the people what they want. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not it's not offensive. It's not so stupid that I didn't enjoy watching it. It's just forgettable. Right. That's probably the best way to put it, yes. Because, right. you're gonna, as I said, I've forgotten. <laughs> you're going to remember the scenes that, like Ryan and I said, we remembered, and that's all you're going to remember. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, this was my third time through. I forgot a bunch of stuff. Um, it still surprised me, but it's, this isn't one like, like we like we said, you know, like with some of the other Disney seventies movies where you can kind of turn your brain off to watch it and you multitask and do other things while you're watching it. Like this one, this one entertains you the whole way through. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's like top highbrow entertainment, but it's entertaining. <laughs> yeah. And once they get Dean yeah. Jones back in the mix. Then, then the Herbie stuff takes off for me. Oh, I had one last note about um, Helen Hayes. I had mentioned this last time that she came up on the podcast, that there's actually a theater in New York named for her. It actually was sold just this year, and it's getting apparently renamed, but there's a big fight going on over that, over whether oh. it's going to be renamed. Because it could oh. be landmark status. Yes. Interesting. Yeah. All right. I wanted to add that I am going. To, I found while researching this because there's not a lot of links about the actual movie that I could find online. I did find directions to build a Herbie, like turn your turn your beetle into a Herbie, including exact measurements of paint and all that stuff and proper color. It's very detailed, so I figured I would include it as a link because I was kind of quite impressed with it. Also, this movie had a huge tie-in with the Volkswagen Company. As well, it should. Yeah. Well, the first movie, they had to actually remove all the Volkswagen logos from the movie because Volkswagen didn't want to have anything to do with them. This time around, they both decided, hey, this is a good idea. So all the logos are actually in the movie this time around. That's part of the reason why you have the big scene at the end with all the Beatles. That was written to the movie as part of the promotion. If you pay attention in some of the beginning scenes, there's constantly a Beatle in the background. So already the bugs are after Hawk to begin with, right? Because there's like even one in Rome. Um, and um, all VW dealers at the time had to have a Herbie on display in their front lobby because they gave out posters to promote the movie and they created and sold a Herbie graphic that you could have added to your Beetle for customization. They should do that now. Well, they do. I mean, you see people drive around with them now, but they don't have the old style Beatles, so it's the new, the new style. They should make Herbies. <laughs> Just pump them off the assembly line. I've actually seen one before uh, at a Atlanta Braves game, of all places. I saw yeah. somebody who had a Herbie. Like a 60s model? Yeah. Like that's the real cool. thing. Yeah, that's neat. Oh, I had one last question for everyone about this movie. Okay. Um, so this is one of those uh, family movies that also falls into the category of a movie in which someone lives in a firehouse. So they have like the fireman's pole down the middle. Um, <laughs> is okay. Did anyone else, when they were a kid, want to live in a firehouse just because of that? Yes, of course. <laughs> I was just curious about this because a lot of people attribute that to like Ghostbusters, but clearly this was something before Ghostbusters. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I think it goes way back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think we can safely attribute this to Herbie, right? <laughs> <laughs> Helen Hayes. I'm going to attribute it to Helen Hayes. She there you go. Firehouse. There you go. All right, so uh, let's, let's rate this then. Uh, Todd, you want to take the first stab? Oh, I'm going to go first. I, I really think they were trying to do something here. I just... Like I said, I think the editing really killed it because it, it, it leaves these gaps in the story that I think either they forgot to film scenes and it's just that bad in terms of, you know, literally there's nothing to put between those scenes or they just left things out that made the movie make less sense at points. Uh, so to me, I'm going to go with a 1.75 just because I really, it's a Herbie movie and Herbie's fun in the movie. 
Totally agree. Uh, Cheryl, what about you? Um, I think I'm going to go higher with this. I think I'm going to go um, 2.5. I really like, I like you, I like the mad, the madcap scenes. I'm a madcap scene person. Like one of my, one of my favorite movies is, um, the one with, um, Whoopi Goldberg and the guy who plays Mr. Bean and they're in a race around the world. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Yes. Totally not a Disney movie, but, but it's very fun in madcap. So I'm always in for a good madcap movie. All right. Rachel, what about you? I think I'm going to split the difference here. I'm going with two stars. Again, this movie, like, it isn't super memorable, but it's fun while you're watching it. And, I mean, just for chicken jousting and the evil Herbie dream, I, I have to go with two stars for this one. So I think you just like saying chicken jousting. Yes, it's the best. <laughs> oh, who doesn't? Uh, I'm right there with you. I'm going to go with a two. I mean, like like we said, like we all said, I think this is uh, on the high end of two. I don't know if you can say that or not. <laughs> but it's like it's it's basically like if you're going to watch a two star movie, like this is a fine one to watch because you'll be entertained the whole way. Um, there's nothing really that special about it, but you'll be entertained and and enjoy it. And uh, I think you'll have a good time. And then, as Todd said, you'll completely forget everything that happened to it. Uh, it is not a movie that's going to change your life, that's for sure. Uh, but it's fun while it lasts. Uh, and again, you know, bur- the burgeoning Dean Jones cinematic universe demands to be paid attention to. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's our look at Herbie Rides again. Uh, if you agree with us, disagree with us, if you're a huge Herbie fan, we want to hear from you. Uh, find us on Twitter at Diz Film Project, on Facebook, or of course, email us, DisneyFilmProject at gmail.com. Uh, go leave a review for us on iTunes if you don't mind. That helps people find the show. Uh, we're, we're getting up there in reviews, but uh, please, it helps uh, for folks to find the show. You can always listen to us, of course, on Stitcher or on Diz Dads Radio, and we appreciate those of you guys who do that and tweet about it. That helps people find the show as well. All right, so uh, until next week's show, for Todd and Cheryl and Rachel, I'm Ryan, and we'll see you again soon. If I do marry Willoughby, I'd like the satisfaction of nailing him myself. My brave champion, you have won me. Take me to your kingdom. This happens to be my dress uniform. I was on my way to the ceremony for I Am a Policeman Day. I didn't hire you to tell me what I can't do. I hired you to tell me I could do it. <laughs>